Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, next Thursday, April 19th, you can join me, the Detroit Today team, and other WDET listeners at the Hamlin Pub in Shelby Township for smart conversations about politics and policy and news and issues that matter to you. We're going to be there from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll talk about transportation. We'll talk about infrastructure, education, and this year's race for governor. We also want to have a conversation with folks from Macomb County about their role in the 2016 presidential election. Think of all the coverage that we've seen about the role that Macomb County played in making Donald Trump the president. We want to hear from folks in Macomb about the choices that they made at the ballot box that year and how they think things are going now, whether they are reevaluating those choices as we see the Trump administration unfold. For more information, you can just go to WDET.org slash events, and we will see you next Thursday. Also, is money in politics the greatest threat to American democracy? Join WDET Sandra Swoboda in exploring the answer to that as part of the Freep Film Festival. She's going to host a discussion with campaign finance advocates and watchdogs after the showing of the documentary Dark Money. That is at noon on Sunday, April 15th at the Imagine Theater in Novi. For tickets and more information, go to WDET.org slash events. Up top today, a major shakeup in Washington yesterday as House Speaker Paul Ryan said he's going to retire rather than run again in November. He says he has done what he wanted to do in D.C. and that he is tired of being a weekend dad to his three teenagers who live with his wife in Janesville, Wisconsin. Ryan joins a parade of legislators, most of them Republicans, who said they've had enough one way or another and are going to give up their seats this fall. We want to begin the conversation today at that inflection point. Ryan's retirement, the prospect for Republicans in November, and the potential opportunity all of this represents for Democrats. And we want to hear from you, as always, on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Let's listen quickly to a cut of what Ryan said yesterday as he announced his retirement. Uh, you realize something when you take this job. It's a big job with a lot riding on you, and you feel it. Uh, but you also know that this is a job that does not last forever. Uh, you realize that you hold the office for just a small part of our history, so you better make the most of it. It's fleeting, and that inspires you to do big things. And on that score, I think we have achieved a heck of a lot. That was Paul Ryan, House Speaker, speaking yesterday about the idea that he will step away from that job rather than run for re-election this fall. And joining us now to talk about Ryan's departure is Libby Casey. She is the on-air reporter who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Libby, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So this wasn't a terribly big surprise, I don't think, to folks in in Washington. There have been rumors for a long time that Paul Ryan might step aside. Uh, I, I guess I was a little uh, I was a little jarred by how personal he made this decision and talking about his children in in Janesville. The fact that uh, they have always known him, he says, as a weekend dad. But I also think you have to step back and put this in the political 
context, all of the folks who have said they are stepping away from Washington and whether this signals something really, uh, really important or significant for the balance between Republican and Democrats uh, in, in the Congress. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's not a total shocker that Paul Ryan is choosing not to run for re-election or that he saw his days in Washington as being limited. What was the surprise was that he was announcing it before the election. Um, so this, he said, was in honor of his constituents. You know, mm-hmm. why one for, run for re-election if you're not going to plan to serve out the term? Uh, and so he wanted to make a good on that. But on the other hand, he now leaves the Republican Party here in Washington because really he's a, he's a major leader here in that party, a bit rudderless as it prepares for this tough re-election battle in 2018. So he gives everyone a sense of what he's doing. And even though he tried to downplay concerns about Republicans' chances of holding on to the House, this does raise the excitement of Democrats. It does increase scrutiny on Republicans and how they're going to lead the party going forward. Of course, we have Donald Trump leading the party Mm -hmm. in the White House. We have Republican leadership over on the Senate side with Mitch McConnell. But Paul Ryan represents this very specific brand of Republicanism uh, that took a big hit yesterday. And uh, one of the things he said that I think he's going to get an enormous amount of pushback about and that I think will haunt the party into the fall uh, and and uh, during the elections, is this idea of what he accomplished? Uh, he he talked very proudly about the tax bill that was passed, uh, sort of uh, avoiding uh, the, the 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 details about the kind of money that that will add uh, to the national debt. There was a question for him during the press conference about that, and his answer was, "Well, we passed entitlement reform in the House." that would pay for that, basically saying it's not my fault that it didn't pass the Senate and get to the president's desk. I think that's one of the narratives that is going to sort of unfurl uh, this campaign and this fall that maybe someone like Paul Ryan is looking at and saying, I don't want to answer that question at the ballot box. Yeah, what kind of a legacy he leaves is... Um, He has one perspective on it. Um, Some Republicans would have a different perspective and Democrats, an entirely different one. But he's proud of the tax cuts that were passed. And he did have to work with President Trump on that issue. Uh, But entitlement reform, something that he came to Washington dead set on doing, hasn't really happened. Mm -hmm. And Obamacare definitely took a hit. Uh, with this tax bill, but it sort of survived in in bits and pieces. And he does leave a lot undone. And a big issue that he touted over the years was trying to make sure that he didn't leave his children, for example, the ones he's going home to hang with, he didn't leave them with crippling debt as, a, a, you know, as Americans. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. something Republicans have not dealt with because that just has not been the concern of, uh, of what you know, th- this tax bill addresses. Um, and so he can say that the House past entitlement reform. But as we know, if it doesn't get to the president's desk and signed into law, it, it doesn't make a difference nationally. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Libby Casey. She's an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. We're talking about the announcement by House Speaker Paul Ryan yesterday that he will not seek re-election in the fall. He is one of a uh, number of legislators who have said they're going to step away from Congress in 2018. A lot of them Republicans, a lot of them uh, people who the president uh, depends on to get his agenda uh, passed. Uh, what kind of opportunity does that represent 
for Democrats who have not had control of the House for a very long time. What kind of opportunity does it represent for Donald Trump and the Republicans? What do they need to do to make sure that they can keep control of Congress in Washington? If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about the House Speaker stepping aside? What do you think about the many other legislators, including Dave Trott, who represents the 11th District here in Michigan, saying something very similar to what uh, Paul Ryan said, saying that uh, he couldn't uh, stay because he felt like he couldn't get the things done that he wanted to get done and that it was too hard to be a dad uh, and and a member of the Congress. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Libby, let's talk about who who might be next as Speaker of the House, uh, given that uh, Paul Ryan would step aside. Uh, obviously, it's, it's sort of unclear uh, which party will be in charge uh, of the House after 2018. But who are the Republicans sort of waiting in the wings to, to assume that leadership mantle? Yeah, and you know the real question is, <laughs> which party is going to control right. the House in twenty eighteen? Right. So who will get the shot at uh, at at picking who their 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 leader is? But you know, I think we see Kevin McCarthy, who's mm-hmm. in leadership right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's someone. He's from California. He's someone who uh, has made a lot of friends. He has you know been able to sort of maneuver his way through both what it means to be a California Republican as well as a leader of the Republican Party. You got to watch Steve Scalise though as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve. Uh, from Louisiana. He rose to national uh, attention this summer because he was shot at that congressional baseball practice. And you know, the grace with which he handled that and the way he reflected on it and talked about it um, has made him a hero to a lot of people. And he's someone who has um, sort of managed to come back from that challenge. Uh, he you know, it represents sort of a different part of, uh, of, of the Republican Party. Uh, would we see a woman? I mean, could we see a woman try to, uh, to, to, to lead this group? You know, there's there's very little female leadership among House Republicans, right. so um, that's like a little less likely of a scenario. Um, but yeah, one of the challenges of this job is going to be having a good relationship with President Trump and then commanding this party that's seen some uh, upheavals, not just at top leadership you know, like Paul Ryan deciding to, to, to step aside, but has seen some upheavals from down below. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people getting pushed out and that surge coming from that conservative wing of the Republican Party, just bubbling up and pushing people like John Boehner out. You know, Eric Cantor getting primaried, even though he was in top leadership, right. getting primaried by a more conservative member back home in Virginia. So this job is, you know, you'd think it's an ideal job, especially if you have control over the White House, the Senate, and the House, you can get so much done, but because there are so many different factions within the Republican Party right now, and Democrats do have the ability to block some measures, um, you know, that, that's not, it's not necessarily a really fun job. Right. And Paul Ryan, one of his challenges has been dealing with President Trump. And you remember, Stephen, how he was a guy who really spoke out against President, you know, the candidate right. Donald Trump in that's the early right. days. But then once President Trump was elected, he got in line and he's been a supporter. And he said President Trump's name so many times yesterday at his press conference <laughs> about, you know, he's given us this opportunity to pack tax cuts. He's, you know, he's, he, he really praised him. And we saw, you know, a sort of a buddy-buddy moment that you'd never know they had this contentious relationship prior to yeah, the election. Yeah, I think that that flip that Paul Ryan made is is one of the things that will be an important part 
uh, of his legacy, a part an important part of the way people remember him. I mean, he he spoke out as you point as you point out very adamantly against Trump uh, and the things that Trump was saying and doing during the campaign. And then when Trump was elected, uh, he sort of zipped his mouth a bit and and got in line. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that uh, that. Paul Ryan might not want to talk about in terms of uh, what what will be his legacy. I'm curious what you think about if uh, if Democrats manage to win the House back in the fall, whether Nancy Pelosi, who is uh, their leader now, would hang on to that uh, that position and become speaker again. She's someone who's also been sort of swept up into into controversy about her leadership. It's such a great question. If Democrats win the majority, she will be praised as as having a role in that. So Mm -hmm. would she try to retain the speaker's gavel? You know, she's 78 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, She is going to be used extensively in Republican ads. You know, she's seen as this person, this boogeyman (laughs) that Republicans use, you know, Nancy (laughs) Pelosi. They no longer have President Obama, you know, to to hold that as a boogeyman. So they they really are using her with this, you know, watch out for her. Um, But they've tried to run some election bids uh, over the last couple of months in special elections, using her as like the bad guy. And it hasn't necessarily worked. Um, You know, we saw a House race recently in Pennsylvania where a Democrat was able to win. Of course, right. we saw the Doug Jones win, um, which was unusual uh, for a lot of reasons, primarily because of his candidate. Uh, but there, there have been moments where the Nancy Pelosi thing hasn't totally gotten as much traction as Republicans wanted. But there are some Democrats who are younger, who are assertive, who are saying it is time for fresh leadership. And would they challenge her? And you know, it really depends on how many new Democrats get elected to this Congress in 2018, um, because they may bring a new they may either either have loyalty to Nancy Pelosi because she just helped them win re-election, or they may say, "Hey, I'm young. I'm you know I'm I'm new at this. I, I want to see fresh leadership direct this party." So it's it's really a question mark. There have been times before when people expected her to to lose the gavel, and she right. just didn't. She yeah. didn't. So she, she seen, managed to keep a lot of control. She's hung on for a really long time. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Uh, also, go to the WDET Facebook page. Put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Matt in Detroit. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Matt? Yes. Hey. Uh, good morning. Hey. Uh, so I had a question regarding, uh, you know, a couple of congressmen now saying that they are concerned about being able to serve as congressmen and be good fathers at the same time. You know, being a congressman is something that requires long hours and a lot of travel, but that's not something new. That was the case 10 years ago. It was the case 20 years ago. And so my question is, why are they suddenly worried about this now? And why, why weren't they worried about this earlier in their parenthood and in their service? Great question, uh, Matt. Thanks very much for the call. Uh, Libby Casey, is there something that's changing in Washington uh, that that is making people rethink that balance between work uh, and life. And, and also, uh, Paul Ryan is the speaker. Uh, that's a really different job than just being uh, a regular congressman. Uh, is that, uh, you know, is that is what he's saying something that may change the, the sort of ambition, I guess, to do that job? Yeah, I think there are three things in play. One is it takes so many long hours to just to win re-election for the next term. House members, you know, they have to run every 
single time, every other year. And the two-year cycle means they are constantly fundraising. So there's not a lot of downtime. Right. You don't get a chance to step back. And if you're speaker, it's like times 10 because you're also trying to help campaign and drum up funds for other um, members of your party. Um, the second thing is that you have to make sure it's worth it. I mean, is it really worth it? Are you able to successfully get things done in Washington in a way that you couldn't do as, say, a judge? Mm-hmm. You know, we should mm-hmm. trade Gowdy, a pretty outspoken vocal Republican, saying he wants a judgeship instead of running in that, instead of, you know, being in the House. Do you feel like it's worth the, the time that you're sacrificing with your family? And the third thing is that times have changed a lot from 30 years ago, um, because it used to be that your families would come to Washington. And you would see them at the end of the day because right. they'd be here with you. Now so many members are keeping their families back home. And having to make that shuttle back and forth is, is really taxing, obviously. Another negative to that, even though it puts you back in touch with your district a lot, a negative to that is you don't have the bonding that you used to have on Capitol Hill. And, you know, senators who I've talked to who have been around for a really long time really miss those days when – you were a Democrat, but you got to know a Republican really well because your kids went to the same school mm. or you went to the same synagogue or, you know, you, you, you did Little League with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, that bonding that used to happen here in Washington doesn't happen nearly as much because you're going back home. You're on the road so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that balance between Washington and your home district is not, uh, is not new, but, but there are some things about it that I think – are different. One of them is just the cost of living in Washington. I mean, if you're yeah. a, a congressperson from someplace like Michigan, for instance, where you know real estate is 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 nowhere near as expensive as Washington, it, it's really tough to maintain two residences uh, or to, to move your family there in the first place. I mean, I I, I do Absolutely. think there's there's some things that uh, that are making that tougher. Uh, when when you talk to Dave Trot here in in Michigan, money is not so much an issue for him. But what you were talking about in terms of it being worth it, right? That uh, can I get the things done that I thought I could get done? Uh, the last conversation I had with him led me to believe that he was really frustrated. This is long before he announced his retirement. But he, that he was very frustrated with the process, that uh, this was a guy who uh, in his private life before was able to get lots of things done, move things around, make things happen. And that uh, as a junior member of Congress, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't look the same way. And I'm not sure everybody thinks about that uh, thoroughly before they run for those jobs. I mean, I think they, they, they think uh, as a member of Congress, I will have power. But you get mm-hmm. there and you, you, you sort of learn that you don't. Right. And, and, is, and is it worth is it worth a sacrifice? You know, are you going to be able to really contribute? A big question is, what does Paul Ryan go on to do from here? Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. He gets to go home to Janesville, Wisconsin. He'll make uh, a lot more money than he made as a congressman. Does he have future political ambitions? He's really downplaying that right now. Um, but, you know, he's such a young guy. And so there is a question of what he could what he could do, what he could run for in 10 or 15 years mm-hmm, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and and having gone to the private sector, if he chooses that path um, and, and made more money, Money and spend time with his family. You know, I have to say, Stephen, I was covering the Facebook hearings this week mm-hmm. on, in the Senate and House, and as we were listening to these esteemed senators and, and members of Congress asking Jeff Zuckerberg, you know, the 33-year-old CEO of Facebook, questions, there it, it was so clear how old so many yeah. members are. No, it really was. You know, because they, and some of their questions were just not savvy about how 
you know, the how internet the internet works, works right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just and, and, didn't, yeah, uh... and and you, and you know, I laugh, but but on the other hand, they're responsible for regulation. They're responsible for holding these companies accountable. And you did have this stark visual contrast between these, you know, very senior and senior citizen, basically members of the Senate, and uh, and Mark Zuckerberg. And yeah. and you know, is it when you see young people like like Paul Ryan choosing to, you know, step aside and say, I'm too frustrated. You know, I, I wonder what signal that sends to other young people who may want to get in this game sure. and make a difference politically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Mark in Gross Point. Mark, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. You there, Hi, Mark? This is Mark. Hi. How are yes. you? Thanks for having me on. Sure. I noticed that um, most of the Republicans who are choosing not to run again seem to be the traditional Republicans uh, that have the same values of Republicans prior to the Tea Party uh, movement years ago. And now, with Trump winning with so many different groups attaching themselves to the Republican Party, uh, is it possible that the Republicans who are choosing not to run have seen that they can't purge the party of groups they really don't agree with or want Hmm. as part of the Republican Party? So they're stepping aside and letting those groups possibly dry up. Right. Are, out they, of, are they giving up, I guess? Are they giving up the fight to preserve the maybe, party in, in, in more the, moderate terms? And maybe even a more far-fetched idea of what they'd be looking to start a new Republican Party. Hmm. Great questions, Knowing Mark. Uh, really safe, the old one. Yeah, no, thanks very much uh, for the call and the questions. Libby Casey, what do you make of uh, that that ideological split in the Republican Party and, and the fact that the folks who seem to be saying they've had enough are, are the moderate wing of, mm-hmm. of that party. What does that, what does that sort of pretend for the party uh, this fall as it's got to, again, ask the American people to keep them in power? Yeah, and some examples of that, Jeff Flake of Arizona, someone who's been willing to be outspoken against President Trump, critical of him, and not doing it in a way that makes fun of him or, you know, punches below the belt, but just talks about philosophy and belief and also character. And he's, you know, he's not going to run again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob Corker, another example there. And then we see some House members like Charlie Dent, a very moderate Republican of Pennsylvania, who are just finished with Washington right now. Um, Ileana ross Layton, a woman member of Congress from Florida, uh, who's seen a lot in her time here, but is, you know, is, is frustrated by the process. So where does that leave the Republican Party? And if we do see those more moderate members, you know, going to the exits, who, who fills their, their, pl- their space? And you know, we're going to be watching how primaries play out. We're going to be watching how general elections play out and what Republican candidates are able to gain traction against Democrats. Uh, Democrats feel a lot of wind in their sails. I mean, they're really feeling good about coming into 2018. What kind of Republicans can, can get traction against them? Is it going to be those more moderate ones or is it going to be you know, a, a, a more, uh, I, I want to say right wing of the party, but it, it's more complicated than that because Donald Trump has this nationalist appeal right now. And in some ways, you know, he's not more right wing, but he is, you know, using a different kind of Republican voice sure. than what a lot of these people who are leaving Congress want to hear. Uh, but you, you mentioned, uh, before I let you go, you mentioned uh, the Zuckerberg hearings uh, this week. I understand that you were covering that. Uh, I, I want to get your uh, your take. We're going to, in the next parts of the show, we're going to talk a lot about social media and social media responsibility. Um, you talked about how 
the how pronounced the disconnect was in many instances between uh, these members of the Senate and and Mark Zuckerberg. But I'm I'm wondering what you took from the the hearings in terms of where we're headed next. Uh, are, are we looking at uh, an attempt to regulate Facebook and other social media platforms, or uh, was this all for show? Definite attempts. Where it goes, though, is a big question mark because we heard uh, really scattershot ideas about legislation Mm -hmm. in the last two days. And so we no one clear bill emerged other than, um, you know, governing um, the Honest Ads Act, they're calling it, governing some of the advertisements. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook has said they're okay with that. Twitter has now said they're okay with that legislation. Uh, But that doesn't get to the bigger questions of privacy and who gets to see your data, what advertisers have access to it, and what Facebook is tracking across the internet as you leave Facebook and go to other sites. Um, And so that is is a really big question mark. And a lot of members of Congress are working on legislation. What will actually emerge? We did not get a sense of that. And part of the problem was that members had so little time. There were, you know, gosh, 90, more than 90 members of the House and Senate were able to question Mark Zuckerberg. They only got four minutes each. (laughs) And so they would start to gain traction with something and then their time was up. Um, So we, we did not get one clear voice coming out of this. We did not get a sense that there is something on the table and, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg really came out of this pretty well, including when it comes to the stocks, right? Yeah. The Facebook stock did extraordinarily well over the last couple of days. Um, so, you know, he really came out here with the upper hand. Okay, Libby Casey, on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much. Up next, Facebook was in the crosshairs on Capitol Hill this week. We're going to talk more about Mark Zuckerberg's appearance before Congress. And next, we'll hear from an author who says social media is actually destroying our democracy. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. You can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.